Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, John Mikulski and Brian Brueger. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, Episode 20, Wikis on the Read Write Web, for November 22nd, 2011. Our guest is Barb Gilman, who's joining us from Omaha, Nebraska, talking a little bit about what she is doing in her classroom with wikis. But first, why don't I introduce you to my co-host, Brian Brueger. Well, top of the morning to you, right? Yeah, we're, we're having a, a good day so far, I guess. <laughs> or evening or good afternoon evening. or wherever you are. You know, I got to say that that's one thing about doing all this podcasting and, and speaking with people from literally all over the globe. Uh, I've talked to people in Australia and, and Europe and uh, then even just across the United States. I've learned one very important thing. I do not understand time zones at all. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what time zone I'm in. I don't know what time zone anyone else is in. And honestly, Brian, one of the main reasons why I was really excited about you joining as as a, a co-host on this show is that you're in the same time zone as me. So that's one less thing I have to worry about when I'm <laughs> scheduling guests. You you wanted two things. One, somebody in the same time zone and somewhere where it's warm so you could visit. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I know I have a, a couch to crash on if I ever go down to Florida now. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can call it a business write off because, you know, it's part of I need to go record the podcast. We've got to do this one live. Ah, I like that. I wonder if uh, can I get like some kind of uh, reimbursement from from Sean and Mark from from our element Opie, uh, I don't know, Godfathers. Is that what we're going to call them? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that they would be willing to double your salary just to pay for the trip. What is two times zero again? Um, <laughs> and I'm not a math person. Two times nothing. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> but they'll give you twice of it, so that's good. That's true. That's true. Well, and actually, speaking of money, uh, I just want to lead right into this. I am so excited, and, and I really got lucky with money. Over the summer, I actually uh, presented at a workshop in this area for teachers, and afterward, they had like a raffle drawing for everyone that was involved, and I actually won. I won, Brian. I never win anything. Won? I did. I won. The top prize was a, a new iPad, and I guess I'm okay. I didn't get it because I already have one, but the second place prize was a $200 gift certificate to Dell, to Dell.com. Nice. And yeah, so I was pumped. So I got this $200 gift certificate and I went home and I went on the website and I learned very quickly that you can buy absolutely nothing with only $200 from Dell. Everything is just way, way more expensive. So absolutely. I, I know. So I kind of sat on it for a while and I wasn't sure what to do with it. And then school started. That was in August. So school started and got kind of back into my typical routine. And we have, we do have a lot of technology in my, my building, but everything is mobile. Nothing is stationary. So we don't have like the fixed LCD projectors. We don't have smart boards that are fixed to the wall. We have a few portable ones. You can wheel them down the hall, but we have to share everything. And I'm not very good at sharing. I don't really like that, to be honest. So the the problem that I was (laughs) running into is I want to use some of these things and you always have to sign them out. And then ultimately you sign it out and the person who had it last didn't put it back where it was supposed to go. So you're running around the building trying to find it and then you find it and a cable's missing or it's a typical story that you hear from every teacher who has to do something like this. So my, my birthday was actually not too long ago. It was in the beginning Uh of November and I got, you know, the typical birthday gifts, a lot of gift cards and, and some cash and stuff from family. And I remembered that $200 Dell gift card, so I went on and I pooled all of my resources and I bought myself my very own LCD projector for my classroom. So excited about this because wow. first of all, now I know it's always going to work. And second of all, I don't have to share it with anybody. It's mine. 
Wow. You, you know, the first thing that just came to my mind when you finished that sentence was in Finding Nemo when you have all of the um, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. the seagulls <laughs> saying, mine, That's exactly mine, it. Mine, mine, I can see you now holding your projector in your classroom, dancing around <laughs> and going, mine, mine, To all mine, the teachers mine. standing at my window with their hands pressed up to their faces looking through. <laughs> Absolutely. I... I can only imagine, and the only request I have is, can you record this? Because that would be fantastic. Only good things are going to come from this. I can already, my brain's already working. First of all, um, I, I live in a, a ranch house, so we have, you know, it's one story, but the back of the house is a good chunk where it's just siding. There's no like windows or doors or anything in the way. So I've already figured out that come spring, the projector is going to come back home and we are going to do movie night outside and project against the house and have like our own little movie theater in the backyard with my, my kids. So that's going to be awesome. And then I've also thought already keeping with the whole tight wad teacher, you know, aspect of it. I looked into getting a mount, like a ceiling mount for it in my classroom. And the mounts are like $200 in themselves. And I'm not going to pay that much. So I've already looked into, and I think I'm going to try to fashion a mount um, out of like PVC pipe and have them affix it to the ceiling and stuff for me and um, to save some money. Now, granted, that probably means that next week when I'm talking, I'm going to be talking about how my LCD projector is no more because it fell off of the yeah fell off my homemade mount and broke into a million pieces. You know, as as much as I am a a I love to spend money on 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 tech stuff. Um, and I am a tightwad when it comes to spending my money. <laughs> I think the mount yeah. might be a uh, high dollar item. Oh come on! Or now, at least one I, worth I mean, I'll investing. I'll take pictures in. of it because again, I'm I'm pretty big into fashioning my own do-it-yourself uh, accessories. Like right now, I'm using my pop filter for my microphone that it's made out of an old coffee can and, and a pair of like women's stockings. So if I can make a pop screen, I should have no problem making a mount for my projector. There may be a slight weight differential between the two, but I'll, I'll let you try it. I just, um, I may advocate testing it with some other object versus the uh, projector, you know, for the first 24 hours or so. Well, your con- your concerns are noted, but they're also probably going to be ignored. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do we have going on for uh podcast today? Well, I am actually really excited about this one um, on a personal note because our guest today is uh, Barb Gilman, and, and many people may know her. I know she has a, a pretty good following on Twitter. Her handle is Barb in Nebraska. So I've actually known Barb in the Twitter sense. I've known Barb for, for quite a while. We followed each other, and we, we talk back and forth a lot on Twitter, but I've never really had a chance to speak with her, and uh, I'm, I'm actually excited about it because She's doing some really cool things in her classroom. She's a third grade teacher in um, Nebraska and Omaha, and she's doing some really cool things with wikis. And not only is she doing it with her students, but she's also encouraging other classrooms around the U.S. to take part in this. So I thought that was a great uh, it's a great opportunity for us to feature her, but then also promote some of these things. So anyone who's listening today, especially that is an elementary school teacher, this shows for you because it's uh, I'm sure Barbara is going to give some great ideas that you can use, but there's also going to be a lot of opportunities so that you can also participate along with her class. Awesome. Well, um, I'm going to say let's get right into it and uh, bring Barb on. So joining us now is Barb Gilman. She's a third grade teacher at St. Margaret Mary School in the Archdiocese of Omaha. Uh, Barb, I met you through Twitter, so I guess we'll start right off by, is it okay if I give your, your Twitter handle? 
Oh, please do. That's where what how everybody knows me. And that's how I, I I think I first mentioned it to Brian when I said that you were coming on the show. Is I, I didn't even know your last name at first. I said, "Oh, Barbara Nebraska's coming," because that's <laughs> your Twitter handle, and uh, we followed each other for a long time. So I'm actually really excited that we get to chat today. Yes, thank you for inviting me on the Taiwa Teacher Podcast. Oh, we well, we appreciate you you being here, and I I think have you heard us before? Have you listened to our shows before? Oh, absolutely! I'm a big fan of all podcasts. Oh, that that just warms my heart because <laughs> I I really don't know what our numbers look like, but I don't think they're very good right now. So <laughs> it's always nice to hear that we have a follower. <laughs> yes. Based on that, I think we can just all go home now. Yeah, we're- <laughs> we've got we've got our first follower. We are good to go. There you go. Well, Barb, before we get started, uh, before you start telling us a little bit about what you're doing with wikis in your school, tell us a little bit about your school. Where is it that you teach? Okay, I teach at St. Margaret Mary's, which is in Midtown Omaha. Um, We have about 570 students. It's K to 8, and each class um, has two sections of each grade, and there's 32 students in each grade, in each section. So I have 64 third graders. Now, Brian, is that about the size of your school? Um, it is similar. We're K-8, but we're about uh, about 300 students, so about half the size. Um, and then our classes per grade, if you will, um, varies throughout the K-8. Sam, I'm jealous of you, Barb, when you say you you only have like 60-something students because <sighs> I, I have 110. And I'm at, I'm at the middle school level, and I, I teach English, so... You know, when I say I have homework at night, I come home and it's just this pile of essays or pile of yes. work. So I, I'm a little envious that maybe your pile isn't as substantial yeah. as mine is some days. Well, I just have different types of people. Yes, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> now, so in addition to being a third grade teacher, what other experience do you have in terms of teaching and, and using wikis and that kind of thing? Well, um, I belong to a group of technology teachers and teachers that use technology in the classroom called OPUG, which is the funniest name, but it stands (laughs) for (laughs) Omaha Private Users Group. So it's um, all the Catholic school teachers get together. And currently I'm the co-president of that um, organization. And there's another teacher who um, teaches at Jesuit Academy in Omaha, who uh, Mike Manzure, and he is really big into technology and he's like my mentor and one year um he taught a class on using wikis and i took that and the next year i just took off on wikis and he and i taught a class on wikis and um, shared that with other catholic school teachers and then i also at our fall conference last fall taught a class on wikis to the archdiocesan teachers let me just ask you a quick question before we get into what you do with wikis with you being kind of in that presenter role or that that workshop coordinator role, what kind of feedback do you hear from teachers? Do they even know what wikis are just in general? What do you hear from them? <laughs> they don't. Um, I say um, when we present, when we gave our um, email out to all the Catholic schools about the workshop, when Mike and I gave it, we said um, we were having a class to make an easy way to present things on the web. We didn't even use the word wiki because <laughs> we were afraid that, that would scare people. Oh, sure. And so, um, yeah, so we've done that. And then um, when we are um, presenting to... I just, you know, I don't even use the word wiki sometimes. I just say this is just a really easy, and I, I just say it's kind of like a blog, but it's easier to organize. 
Yeah, it's funny because typically the most popular ones you think about like Wikipedia or even like WikiLeaks was all over the, the media for a long time. But strangely, having those in the limelight like that actually make teachers find them to be even less obtainable. Like they see it as such a, a far reaching thing like that they just couldn't ever figure out. So, yeah, I think that's a good way to, for you to approach it is uh, it's just a website that everyone goes on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed uh, this year, just real quick. We did a Apple training and we had somebody come in, um, to specifically to train and, and do things. And they started off, um, with a wiki and it actually turned into the biggest disaster in training I've ever seen because they focused on wiki and just blew the teachers away rather than saying, this is a simple website. You log in, you can change things, you can post things. And it was really tough for the teachers to to grasp it. So now we got to try it again and and use your approach of um, this is just a website. It's very simple. You just log in here and away you go. That's right. And isn't the word wiki Hawaiian for quick? Yes. Yeah, you're right. That's very good. You're right. So now I want to I want to jump back in in terms of talking about the school and everything like that, just for a framework what kind of technology do you have available to you? And then what of that do you feel is necessary for the teachers, you know, if they wanted to get started? You know, do they have to have everything that you have or are these wikis going to be a little bit easier than that? Well, um, basically, all the teacher needs is a computer. And I'm very lucky all the teachers in our building have a Mac, a MacBook laptop. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, that's basically all you need is just a laptop. Luckily, my classroom has a smart board, and I also have an IPVO document camera, and I have a iPod Touch and a Nook for the students. But that's because I like uh, gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You're in good company. Then. I was going to say, yes. yes. <laughs> the other thing, I, I'm just curious, kind of staying with the, the wiki piece I'm noticing you, you provided us a bunch of links, and of course, we'll put them in the show notes, but I'm seeing that the majority of them are through Wikispaces, which is a, a free service, but I also mm-hmm. noticed that your OPUG one is through PBWorks, and I believe that one's actually a pay service, isn't it? Well, at that time, it wasn't. I'm not sure if it is, but Mike um, uh, prefers PBWorks, and we always have discussions on that, and I like the way Wikispaces is organized, and he likes the way PBWorks organizes so it's just whatever you feel comfortable with right i I think pb works originally started as pb wiki i think and then it it eventually went to the pb works name and that's when they have i don't know if it's uh premium services or maybe people got grandfathered in but i was just curious to see that that one kind of stand out because typically wiki spaces is the big one that teachers usually use i was just curious if you noticed any difference between the two just organization yeah Um, so let's kind of go back to the beginning here because it sounds like you really have uh, your feet wet in terms of being involved with you know the OPUG organization and leading some of these teacher trainings on, on wikis. Why don't you tell us a little bit how you got started experimenting with wikis? Well, it was all, all goes back to Twitter. And I <laughs> and how important Twitter is. I can't believe how much I've learned. Um, I started Twitter May 1st, 2007. I was an early adapter, mm-hmm. and um, I just started following some teachers, and um, Patty Harju, who is Scout 7, 
um, a Catholic school teacher in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I was just following what she was doing, and uh, it took me about a year after I watched what she was doing. And I thought, I can do that. So it takes some time, but um, that's basically where it started. Now, did you look at the stuff she was doing and say, I can do just what that is? Or did you start to look at it and go, well, I could do it this way or I could do it for this project? Like, Did, you, did your mind start to expand on what the possibilities were? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just got to say you're right about Twitter, by the way. And again, that's how you and I you and I met. But nine times out of ten when I'm doing something in my classroom and a teacher will say, well, how would you find out about this? That's always my answer. Oh, Twitter. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it's kind of like there's this weird division in, in teachers because either those of you who go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And then some that look at you like you're totally crazy because they don't understand that Twitter's more than, you know, what sandwich Ashton Kutcher had for lunch that day or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's a divide, you know, we used to have the digital divide. We used to have the haves and the haves nots. Now we have the Twitterers and the (laughs) Twitter nots. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have, I just want to actually jump right into it because you have so many great examples and I looked through a lot of them and it really is just great uses of wikis with, with students and then beyond. But why don't you describe for us some of your uses with your students? Well, I, um, basically do one project a month for the wiki because of time and because of, you know, having so many students, it's kind of hard to upload it, but, um, September, I always do a, what I did on my summer vacation, and it, that's a voice thread. And the past two years, I had my brother, who lives in San Francisco, Skype in and tell us um, uh, he evaluated their little stories, and he gave back feedback to the students. And that was really fun because they knew they had a global audience well audience in California. <laughs> right. Well, so do you do you put like links then to the voice thread or how do you connect those tools with with the wiki? Um, I, there's an embed code on voice thread and then you just add it to the wiki. Gotcha. So that's September. What else? After that, where do you go? Then in October, we always do monster in a jar, which is a descriptive writing piece with a voice thread. And then currently we're in Thanksgiving, so or November, so Thanksgiving. And I've been using, is it Linoit or Lean? Oh, I, I know which one you're talking about. Everyone argues over uh, how you say it. Is that the like the Post-it note one? Right. It looks yep. like Wallwisher. Yes, which I think is going away now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, good, because it was really buggy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's why it's going away. I don't think anyone ever had much luck with it. So um, we're doing that next where they type, and I have also discovered I have to limit their essays to three to four sentences because third graders cannot type. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think they can, but um, so that takes a while. And then December, we do Advent, um, and I'm really excited about this because this is really a student um, organize or a student project. The students take photos and then they um, send them to me and I upload it. And um, we uh, they take photos of Advent symbols like um, nativity scenes and Advent wreaths. And then um, in January, we have a winter activity. And usually that's around our first snow day. So on the first snow day, I, I let them know because we usually have a heads up that a snow day is coming. And I let them know to check the wiki. And then I put a Google form on there and they type in what they did on their snow day. And then I put in some winter games that I find. 
And then um, I also have them uh, get ready to describe the ultimate sled. So I scan in a sled picture, and then they have a story that goes with that. And then February is in it, uh, my invention, and that goes uh, we use it with VoiceThread for um, Thomas Edison. And March, we have a big state project, and um, we do a VoiceThread with that, one of the favorite part of their state. And then in April, um, our Archdiocesan Language Arts Assessment is um, called Weird Wacky World. And it's a, they are uh, visiting Earth and then they're describing what they want to take home back to their planet. So um, the students, um, you know, have a writing piece there. And then May, favorite part of third grade voice thread. So that's my year. Wow, that seems pretty full. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, a quick comment on the first snow day. John, would you have to do that in September? I was going to say, we would have our, well, we wouldn't have had our snow day yet, but we uh, we definitely have seen snow already. That's right. <laughs> I, you don't have snow days up there, do you? Um, we need to have several feet of snow to have a yeah. snow day. Our, ours is about six inches. Oh, yeah. No, and. And uh, Brian in, in Florida, you just need someone needs to shout the word snow real loud, and like the whole town just closes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll use that to mention Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, my wife and I actually lived there for three years. I'm originally from Michigan, oh. so when I saw Grand Rapids, you know, in your notes, I got really excited. I was like, "Yay, Grand Rapids!" <laughs> um, but coming from there and living in Michigan and to coming down here, basically, if it rains. That's what that's what a snow day looks like for for Florida because everybody slows down on the road, um, cars spin off. You know, it's it's absolutely like a you know you know six feet in two hour type of a type of an event. Wow. <laughs> Getting back on task here, what what advantages do you see with um, in regards to student engagement and learning by using these wikis in the classroom? They're very excited. Um, I think they do a better job because they know that besides mom and dad looking at it and me, that grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles will look at it. Um, relatives from far away will look at it. And I think they, they are a little more careful with what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's, it's that authentic audience. That's right. Sure. That's a good buzzword. Yes, I know. I always throw that in. <laughs> And also, I have transparency in my classroom by ah, there you putting go. things up. There you go. <laughs> you're, you're all the important words. Yes. Oh, wow. If you're playing bingo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you actually promote that in the classroom? Um, you know, to your parents, um, grandparents, you know, aunts, uncles, all that kind of stuff. I kind of rely on the parents just to pass it on. I always post it in my newsletter. I do have a paper copy newsletter that goes home on Mondays, but. Um, and then I just, we also have a student, um, planner that the kids take home. So I might have as their assignment, check the wiki. So, and that's how they do it. And they just, they're so excited. They just pass it on with their, their family. And I also occasionally post it to Twitter so we can get some hits from faraway places. Oh yeah. You know, just, I'm sure you're aware of it, but any other listener out there who is doing something similar, either with a blog or with a wiki of their own, a great hashtag to follow or to, to use is the comments for kids hashtag. Have you seen that before? Oh yes. Uh-huh. A great way to, like you just said, you know, say you have something like a voice start, you have a blog post that kids have made and you want to get comments and get that real, there's my buzzword again, that authentic real world audience. Yeah. You can tweet out the link with the comments for kids hashtag. And it's a great way to generate some interest in what you're doing. That's right. And then um, at the bottom of the homepage of my wiki, I have tons of widgets 
I love geography. So we have globes, spinning globes. So when someone hits the wiki, you can see where they are. We have the states flags and the world flags and just anything that shows, you know, who's visiting our wiki. Well, I have a question about who can actually participate on the wikis. Now, for the most part, is it just you who has access to edit and and change things? Or do you give the students um, editing access as well? I don't. Um, the only time I do have them is when we're doing the the Thanksgiving Lino It um, part. Um, part of the problem is I only have one and sometimes two computers available to my kids. So it's just like kind of a time thing. So I do have a closed wiki. Yeah. Well, and it's a logistical thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, well, here's one more buzzword before we go on then. First of all, let me ask you this question to lead up to it. Are you the only third grade teacher in the no, in the building? No, there's another one, and um, she teaches science to both classes, and I teach social studies to both classes. I see. Now, does she do anything in terms of using these wikis? Um, no, she doesn't. So uh, here's my buzzword for you then leading up to that. Have you ever had a problem with like people saying it's it's not there, – there's no equity. You do all these great things online and have these connections, and then other teachers in your building don't. Do you, Have you ever run into a problem with that? Well, um, I do open up my wiki to the other class. Um, I have social studies games on there and questions. So when um, I tell them to check the wiki too, and I also, when I did like the first snow day, I had um, my co-teacher, her kids commented too. So, and I'm fine with that. And, you know, um, we just all have our own strengths. And so, you know, we're cool at our school with things like that. There's two wikis I want to really focus on because I think they're they're time-sensitive ones and they're really good ones for people to participate on. Tell us a little bit. Let's go back. You told us earlier about two of them and, and your list of them throughout your throughout your year. You're talking about your, your Thanksgiving wiki and then also the Advent one. People who are listening to the podcast right now can participate on those. Isn't that right? That's right. Right now I have our Thanksgiving wiki and they just have to um, go to the website and, um, you know, request to be a member. And um, I've done this will be my third year. And it's been really interesting. Um, my my Twitter friends are, are coming through and joining. And it's been really fun to see what other classes do for Thanksgiving or even um, if a classroom doesn't um, you know, a student population doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, just what they're thankful for. And it's uh, I have learned how other teachers have um, used different tools, like some might have a little movie, some might just scan in something. Um, so it's it's been neat for me. Um, I also, uh, the first year I did this, um, I asked my friend, uh, Sean McGahey, who's in Canada, to join. And he, you know, their Thanksgiving is a month earlier. And he said, well, I'll join, but I'll use it a little differently with my class. So he um, took some screenshots, Google Earth, showed everybody where all the participants were. And um, that was his participation. And he made a form to how each um, how Canada celebrates Thanksgiving, how we celebrate Thanksgiving. And the day he was um, showing his students how um, he uses um, uh, about uh, this wiki, his principal and his superintendent happened to be walking through his classroom and he was showing his um, the Google Earth map to the kids and he was all excited that, yay, he got a good technology, you know. Oh, don't you love <laughs> when that happens? 
Yeah, and that's what I always when it, when that does happen on rare occasion to me. That's when you kind of look at him and go, "Well, I'm always doing great things like this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he emailed me back and he told me that story, and he says it couldn't have happened, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it was just perfect timing. So, and I, yeah, he uses technology a lot, but just at that time, so. Yeah. Well, and this is uh, this episode is going to be released the week of Thanksgiving. So anyone that's listening to it, and especially if they retrieve it early, right when it's posted on the, I think it's the twenty second, this will be released. They'll have that time still to go and maybe share some of the stuff that they're doing uh, in their sure. classroom. Sure, and and also even to look at to see what other classes do for ideas for next year. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that, that reminds me just a couple episodes ago, we talked with um, a teacher, Paula Noggle, in um, New Orleans, and she was talking about some of the, the cultural stuff, not really about Thanksgiving, but she was talking about some of the cultural things they do associated with like Mardi Gras and how they always try to Skype out and share that with um, other classes around the U.S. And that's actually kind of what you're talking about here. You know, everyone celebrates Thanksgiving differently, and it's interesting, I'm sure, to see what students at you know say an in, in inner city school in los angeles are thankful for versus someone that's out in a rural area like yourself that's true are the different types of stuffing oh, oh that's, that's yeah that's true. also <laughs> are you like are you on team raisin or or not oh, right no no raisin <laughs> <laughs> um so if they they don't have time to see your thanksgiving wiki or, or participate in that they still have time because right around the corner then is the advent wiki isn't that right Right. So and, tell us about that. Right. I started that last year and um, I'm really encouraging my fellow Catholic school teachers to jump on the bad bandwagon. And this is a really easy way to use some technology and to share how you celebrate Advent in your school and in their home. And then the students take pictures and um, add them to the wiki. And uh, last year I had some teachers uh, make little movies. I also had students just slideshows, but that was a really neat project to um, to start. And I'm really excited about it this year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at the 2010 Advent wiki space. And again, we'll post all these links in the show notes. But it's really cool to see some of the stuff that not only what they're actually providing, but even just the tools they're using. I'm seeing some um, glogsters and I'm seeing some videos and uh, this one was through Picasso. So there's all kinds of really cool things that they're providing for you, too. That's right. I really did. And I enjoyed that because I learned something new, too, a new tool to try. Yeah, which is, again, if uh, if Twitter's the, the number one place to find cool tools, the other one is just through talking with other teachers and seeing st- borrowing. We don't steal yes. an education. We, we borrow. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. And I also have a really nice list of Catholic school teachers I made on Twitter. And so I do a lot of individually inviting to get them to really try it and to um, – because if I, you know, with how Twitter is, you know, you can be posting over and over, but if, and who knows if who will see it, but if you individually invite people, you'll get a lot better response. Sure. Let me just ask you this then, because so, it sounds like you're certainly pretty comfortable with all this now. What advice would you have for a teacher who still, like we talked about in the beginning, where they didn't even know what the word wiki meant? Where do they get started or how would they maybe set up their own? Because obviously with what you've done, there's a lot of possibilities on how to incorporate it into a classroom. Where do they, where do they begin? Well, um, well, of course, Twitter and, um, you know, making some friends, looking at wikis, um, going to your state technology conference, going to ed camps. Um, love those ed camps. Have you guys been on ed, been to ed camps? 
No, I'm I'm itching to do one though. There's there hasn't been anything in my area, but I'm I'm really curious to see what they're all about. Oh, it's really fun. You get a hundred people that love technology and they just share like crazy and lots of new ideas. So um but I kinda have to also think too, you just kinda have to find one person you're really comfortable with and someone you can ask questions of. And for me it was Mike and it was Patty. And they just took the time to, you know, answer questions and just kind of play around with it. That's basically what it was. Um, when my oldest son went on to college, I was a nervous wreck thinking, because he always did the technology stuff. And I thought, he's going to be gone. Who's going to fix the computers? And I thought, I've got to do this. So I, you know, taught myself <laughs> and, you know, asked lots of questions, I should say. Let me ask you this, because you added something in your show notes that I thought were, were interesting, too. You kind of gave us some of the feedback that your students have given you about using the wikis, and some of that's really cool. And there's obviously there's one thing in here that I, I can't wait to hear more about. But tell our listeners, with all this stuff, and you have it basically ongoing throughout the year, uh, every month is a different one, what do your students think about all this? They love it. Um, I asked them today, and they just – their hands shot up and they couldn't wait to share what their favorite part of the wiki was, you know, from looking up, playing the games that I post on there or the videos that we see in class. They watch it over again at home. Um, they watch the voice threads over and over. I had a student at the parent teacher conference where their mom said um, she wasn't very happy with her sound quality on the first voice thread. So she made an effort to speak louder on her second one. Oh. So, <laughs> so I thought that was great that she was so, um, you know, into it. And she you know, really worked hard on speaking loudly and clearly. And, um, you know, the kids also, they really liked the Voiki. And um, I made a Voiki, which is the, how do you describe a Voiki? It's like the, the, the avatar that talks, isn't it? Yes, yes. And I found one that was President Obama, and we're currently having a food drive for Thanksgiving, so President Obama gave us a message, and oh, they loved that, wanted to see that over and over. And um, are you mentioning my the QR code that the student liked? <laughs> I I love QR codes, and I don't I don't understand why education hasn't embraced them more in the U.S. I know they're huge over in Europe and Australia. A lot of schools are embracing them, but it just seems like it's not taking off. Other than like the promotional commercial aspect of it that you see in like magazines and stuff, but you sure. you include those on your wiki as well, don't you? Right. Well, I I do a QR code to go to the wiki. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't have any other QR codes, but boy, my third graders are so clued into that. Um, we got an almanac from National Geographic. Every other page is a QR code and they want to, you know, uh, go to it and it's a little video and, you know, so it's not necessarily commercial, but, um, little extra information. So yeah, that's definitely the wave of the future. I hope. <laughs> I know you said you have an iPod Touch in your room. Is mm -hmm. it is it one of the ones with the the camera on it? It isn't. Yeah, oh. I, mine's an older one, so maybe I'll get some new funds. So I know. Well, that <laughs> my uh, I have I have the iPad too, so it has the camera, and I carry that thing around everywhere. And and a couple of times I've taken it into stores, and my wife will say, "Why do you why are you carrying that around with me?" And I'll say, "Well, in case there's like a code that needs to be scanned," and she just looks at me and rolls her eyes. She doesn't she doesn't understand. <laughs> How exciting that is when you – it's like opening a present. You don't know what's going to be behind that QR code. That's right. <laughs> I, I was – I'm interested in, in figuring out because, you know, especially after our wiki experience at our school um, this past summer. The wiki catastrophe. That, that's right. <laughs> 
how would you encourage a teacher to get started with this? Because I can see my teachers listening and going, wow, this stuff sounds amazing. And it sounds really difficult. Where do we get going? How do we push, Um, push them over that edge? You know, um, just, you know, have them set one up and have them look at a lot of different examples and just kind of maybe just pick one tool. Um, I love VoiceThread and just have them do show them how to do a VoiceThread and how to embed it. I once you know how to embed, you can do anything. And um, so once they know how to find that and I think that's basically you know, and if they get stuck, you know, have someone that can, you know, help them when they're on their own. That's when we had our work, wiki workshop with Mike and I. We gave a lot of the tools at the beginning and we showed a lot of examples. And then we met um, two weeks later and shared what we um, put together. So, so yeah, I think it is kind of a two-part piece. And when questions come up at that second piece, you can answer them. Sure. And we mentioned it briefly earlier, but... Which software do you recommend? Well, um, I like Wikispaces. Okay. And what would be their cost involved in that? It's free. And it's, if it's, it's free, free, it's for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And most of the tools I use are free. Um, VoiceThread and I think Animoto I ended up paying for um, just to get a longer little video. But that was okay with me because I don't want that site to, um, you know, die. So I, I didn't mind paying a little bit to keep it going. Animoto, I believe you get 30-second videos for free and anything longer you have to pay for. Right. right. And I think I paid $30 for a year's worth of longer videos. Yeah. And, you know, anytime we're talking to a teacher or I'm talking to my own colleagues and we talk about some of the costs behind these websites and it's something like $30 or $40 a year or whatever – I look at it as 10, 15 years ago, before all this stuff was really at the forefront, I'd be spending that much money every year on poster boards and markers and whatever anyway. So That's it's just right. it's just kind of an expense of being a teacher, I suppose. That's true. We're, we're starting to wrap up a little bit. And I guess the, the part that I was really drawn to when looking at all these wiki links that you send us that you've created is that it's not really just the wiki because the wiki is essentially um, the container that you use for all these other great tools because this, this really has turned into more talk about things like VoiceThread and uh, Animoto and uh, Glogster and all these other tools that you're using. So let me ask you this one final question. Of all those that you're embedding into your wikis, which one do you find to be the most valuable? I, th- I think VoiceThread. Um, because it is so easy to use, um, and the students uh, reading their story is a great presentation piece, especially for my age student, and um, we always have great success with that. Do you get a a lot of outside comments on there, either from parents or, or from people through Twitter or whatever? Well, they say great job, and, you know, they really enjoyed it, and I think, um, they enjoy it. Uh, when we did the monster in a jar piece, I had their actual jar um, taped to the window and we played the voice thread. And so um, they would listen to the description and they would look over to the window and try to pick out which one was the jar that was being described. So they just loved it. And um, I did it. I showed the other class, the other third graders too, and, and they really enjoyed it too. 
before we, we let you go, I have one more thing I want to talk to you about. But before um, I give my, my final goodbye, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before um, we, we let you go? Well, John, I was going to give you my mother's typewriter. <laughs> That's what I was going to talk about. You beat me to it. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. I was My mom used it to type up invoices for my dad's uh, business 50 years ago. And my fourth grade nephew snatched it up. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> All right. I'm going to need to step in here because we're going to have to have an intervention. Um John, are you going to make it through the well, rest of the podcast? I have to explain what's going on here. So um, <laughs> as I think everyone knows who listens at this point, I, I kind of have this infatuation with old manual typewriters. And I've mentioned it a bunch on Twitter and on this podcast. And, and Barb, you found out about it at one point. And uh, a while back, I got uh, a private message on Twitter from Barb saying, I have one, you know, would you be interested in, in taking it? Would you like it? And I was just so excited because I collect these things. They're all over my basement, and I like to tinker with them and try to get them working and bring them in and play with them at school and have the kids do projects on them. And uh, and I was real excited. And then, of course, I took one look at her, her Twitter handle and remembered that she's in Nebraska, and um, <laughs> most typewriters are very, very heavy. So I yes. thought the cost to have Barb ship it to me uh, would be way more than than I'd ever be able to uh, admit to my wife to have spent on a typewriter. <laughs> so, But you said, who has it now? My fourth grade nephew. So he's growing up playing with typewriters. Oh, I love it. See, so I guess that's, if any, any consolation, I guess that now you can, you shared the, my passion with, with someone, a new generation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it's almost like John's paying it forward without even having to invest anything. Yes. That's right. Pay, <laughs> paying it forward in the sense that I didn't want to have to pay to have it sent to Buffalo <laughs> from Nebraska. That's right. <laughs> and also in the sense that you're also, you're helping the next generation cultivate their love for typewriters. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, Barb, it's too deep. <laughs> it is. I know this is this is too much. So, Barb, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, again, we are going to promote your um, your Wikispaces links for both the Thanksgiving and Advent uh, Wikispaces that are coming up, and anyone who's listening certainly get on there and participate because again, it's a great way for you to not only share what your classroom is doing, but also um, have them see how other classes around the country, other students around the country are also participating in, in celebrating these these events. That's right. So. Well, thank you so much for having me on, guys. This was a lot of fun. Oh, we really appreciate it. And again, I'm so happy I finally got to talk with you because it's, you know, Twitter is this weird place where you know everybody, <laughs> but you don't really know everybody. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So now I, I'm glad that I got to know you a little bit better, Barb. All right. Me too. So again, that was Barb Gilman, and uh, she's a third grade teacher in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Barb in Nebraska, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. So that was Barb in Nebraska, Barb Gilman, joining us, talking all about her uses of wikis. And the thing I really liked about her, Brian, was not only that she was using wikis, but the way that she seamlessly integrated all the other tools that she was using into that wiki. And I think I, I used the phrase, it was like a container, and that I think is a great way to put it. She's using that wiki as a, a container to hold all these other fantastic tools she was using. Absolutely. I think, you know, you know, in terms of talking to the teachers, um, I think that's a great way to promote this. You know, so teachers, if, if you're listening to this and you're going, you know, what is this all about? Um, that's just the container, the delivery mechanism that she's using to put student work 
out there for the students to see as well as their parents and everything. And I think she mentioned, you know, it's a, it's a, an access point to her classroom, you know, a way to say, this is what we're doing in the class. And so that's, that's really awesome. Just a way to to deliver it. And then obviously it raises the, uh, the importance level um, because they've got real audiences for the students. Yeah. And another point, to mention too, Barb said that for the most part, she acts as like the sole administrator, the sole editor of the wiki. And if you use a site like Wikispaces, you can actually give that editing rights to your students as well. They can create their own accounts and be able to get on and do that. So she was at third grade level and it makes sense. Like she said, with the amount of resources she had, but also just with that age group, it really didn't make sense to do it that way. But if we have like middle school or high school teachers who are listening right now, that's a great alternative to what she's doing is that you can actually create a wiki and then give access to your students so they can be uploading it. I've seen wikis used um, as a repository for notes or a repository for research or data or, or however you want to use it where students can actually be uploading their own materials, very similar to like the actual wiki like Wikipedia, how they do it, where it's kind of a collaborative effort. And sure. that's what I liked about what she was doing is that she was almost taking that wiki and manipulating it a little bit to be used in a different way than just that repository of sorts for, for information. It takes that old uh, classroom web page idea of the uh, you know late 90s where just a teacher puts stuff there that everybody else consumes um, and it kind of takes it to that next level where it's more of an interactive space that allows learning to happen 24-7. Oh, yeah. And that's why I titled this episode Wikis on the Read Write Web because that's kind of like the new Web 2.0 term. It's not sure. just a place where you're passively viewing stuff. It's now a place where you interact. You can actually upload things and you can put your voice on the web and, and into the conversation. And the cool thing about, again, the way Barb was doing it was she wasn't doing that necessarily through the wiki. She was doing it through the tools that she put on the wiki. And I just thought that was kind of a, a unique way to be using these tools because a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, yeah, I heard a voice thread or I heard of, um, you know, she's talking about the Vokies or any of those things. And they're they're nice, but you do it, and then what do you do with it? It just kind of sits there. So this is a great way for uh, teachers to see that you can be taking those tools and actually using them in a real purposeful way. Sure. And a few of the wikis that she mentioned we kind of focused on, the links to them aren't really that bad. So you know, those of you who want to click on the uh, show notes and, and check them out there, that's great. But um, essentially her naming convention is thanksgiving dash 2011 dot wikispaces.com so um and she's actually has you know thanksgiving dash 2010 and 2009 also and then the next one that she said to us coming up is advent dash 2011 dot com. so you guys will be able to check those out um whether you go to the show notes or not um there are some pretty simple urls to to look and see what she's got going on and and might inspire you yeah, and it, it's a great way for you to practice that whole idea of bringing your classroom out of the classroom walls and participating in something like this, especially if you're at an elementary level. What a great way to connect classrooms. Sure. Well, this week um, I have uh, what I would like to call a special tech tip. So I'm really itching to get into the tech tip, and I'm only going to give you one clue as to what it might be because funny thing is, we wrapped up our se- session with Barb talking about your somewhat unhealthy obsession <laughs> with typewriters. 
Yes. Yeah. Now, hold on. Can I let me set this up real quick? So, first of all, you're not going to get a, a teacher tip from me this week because I, I got a text from Brian late last week that just said you were giddy with excitement to to share this tip with me or this surprise for me today. And I figured whatever it's going to be, there's no way that I can top it. So I'm tapping out this week for our tips of the week. It's all you, Brian. If you have a friend who is in a, has an obsession with typewriters. I, I don't think and, there's many of us out there, by the way. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there isn't. But, you know, for the one, you know, if you happen to ever find our podcast, definitely call John. You guys can have some moments. Um, but I have found available in the App Store, the iTunes App Store, the amazing typewriter. No way. You can find this at typewritten.doormouse.com. Dot org. Again, that's typewritten, and I can hear the keys on John's keyboard right frantically now. going away. Um, this is a an iPod, iPad, um, iPod Touch, um, basically an iOS uh, app, and it is designed to allow you to type and have the results look like a real typewriter. I am not kidding, folks. It really happens. I'm on the, the site now, and you know what? They have samples, and it's awesome because it looks just like my typewriters because none of my typewriters work very well. So, like, the, the line spacing is off and the character spacing is off, so it looks real jag, kind of like that crooked teeth look of, of a real old typewriter, and that's exactly what it does. Sure, and in, in respect to the, the tightwad and the cost of it and everything, this application does cost $1.99. Well worth it. Um, that being said, <laughs> if you're obsessed in the way that John is obsessed with his typewriters, a dollar ninety nine, that's nothing, absolutely nothing, and surely less than the cost that it would cost you to ship Barb's typewriter <laughs> from Nebraska. To you. Yep. So, um, the cool thing about this app is if you actually purchase it and 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 download it and, and try it, the programmers. And I just, I love little things like this because when you're programming, you know, you put certain things in there that, you know, perhaps you're the only one who ever knows about them, but yet you're giggling while you do it. You know, oh, that'd be so cool if I do this. If you actually type the same letter over and over and over and over with this program, each time it goes in there, and I, I don't know how they're doing it, but it actually looks different. So the, you know, the, the font might be a slightly more bold because it came off the ribbon, you know, in a way that had a little bit more ink and, and whatever their methodology is, it actually looks like real typewriter font. You know, I'm looking at the website right now and it appears that you can also purchase whatever work you you've created in their app. You can purchase it on cardstock through the website as well. So you can actually have framed uh, framed messages that you typed on your iPod or iPad typewriter. This is this is true. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what to say. Oh, we have reached a new low. That's what. That's what <laughs> I'm gonna say. This is. But you know what? I can hear it in your voice. You're actually just as excited about this as I am. So slowly, slowly, you are you are drinking the typewriter Kool Aid. I remember using a typewriter as a kid. I actually find it extremely comical the obsession that you have with typewriters and I saw this and it was just an opportunity to feed the obsession. Your wife is going to absolutely kill me, but this is that I, 
how can you pass up an opportunity like this? I love it. You know, she actually may thank you only because now if I have this at my disposal, it's much, much smaller and takes up far less space than all the typewriters that are they're literally right now lined up against the wall in the basement there's there's like 20 of them down there <laughs> my only question is is how many times do you think you can buy this in the next 15 minutes <laughs> oh yeah i know i know well i actually i probably will not tell my wife about this app because then she's going to throw out on my other typewriters because i won't have a need for them anymore Good point. Good point. So, um, again, that's the amazing typewriter, and it is by Dormouse um, Manufacturing is is their uh, their link or whatever. I just I really I just couldn't seem to pass this up. It's I at love typewritten.dormouse.org. So there there's my uh, little typewriter tip of the week. If Man, you will. and that ties in perfect with what Barb ended her, her conversation with. So that was this, we have to end here because I don't know how this episode could get any better. <laughs> I figured you would say that. And when she, when she started talking about this typewriter, I was just sitting here with my jaw open going, <laughs> you cannot be serious. This is absolutely perfect. Um, with that, I'm going to say, uh, if you'd like to contact us, there are a few ways. They are the website at elementop.com, as well as Twitter, which is elementop slash tightwadteacher. And you can also uh, contact John or I directly via Twitter. We'd appreciate that. That is John Mikulski, M-I-K-U-L-S-K-I, or me at Bruger, B-R-U-G-G-E-R, um, we're always on the Twitter, and as you could hear in that uh, that episode talking to Barb, um, it is one of our primary connection points sure. um, in the industry. Teachers, think about it. We kind of work in our own uh, work on our own little bubble in our classrooms, and so um, I like to say that the uh, Twitter is the water cooler for those who are simply, um, you know, who work on their own with if you will, not with peers. So think of Twitter as that, you know, little resource where you can throw out questions, get answers, um, just like if you uh, team taught with a bunch of others. Um, other contact points are Facebook, facebook.com slash elementopi. We'd like to encourage you also when you're on Facebook to search for Tightwad Teacher and like our page. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Um, you know, if nothing else, it helps our egos and makes us feel like we're accomplishing something or at least um, helping out that one lonely typewriter fanatic um, out there. <laughs> also, you can reach us via phone, which is 559-I-AM-OP. What more can you say? We've got typewriter apps. We had the potential for typewriter shipping. I, I just think it's time to say we're, you know, we're done. It, it's a good ending for the day, I suppose. Yes. So, well, and we probably will not be, you not you will not be hearing from us until after the holiday. So from the Tightwad teachers, first, I want to say uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And make sure you check out Barb Gilman's uh, Thanksgiving and also Advent then coming into December uh, wikis. And um, I guess for now, I will just say this is John going to play with a typewriter on my iPad, and I'm signing out. <laughs> and this is Brian uh, shaking his head in amazement, and I'm signing out. Yeah.